Welcome to Zebra's Popcast, short, inspiring, and informational segments pulled from our weekly furniture refinishing podcast, Zebra's Before and After. Today's podcast features a clip from Season 1, Episode 48. We spoke with Anne Michelle of Amini Design Ashburn and Laura Cobb with Redhead Refinishing on the topic of simplifying your business. We thought this topic was fitting entering a new year. You know, all of those New Year's resolutions we make, depending on how many you resolve to implement, we often don't always keep them. The not-so-important ones fall to the wayside, but this one is pretty important if you're going to have a successful business in the new year. We know you'll enjoy a portion of our conversation with Laura and Anne Michelle. I want to ask you both, what, what do you believe are your strengths in your current refinishing business? For me, um, I think I touched on it earlier. I know usually how long a piece will take just by looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I build in the, the schedule for the client, and I, I usually tend to overestimate the time that it will take, just because if you can overestimate, you can give yourself that time in case the kids get sick, you know, in case primer you have isn't working, you know, and you need to switch to, let's say, an oil-based or something like that, or the tool you need just broke and you have to go buy another one. But building in that buffer, because when you have kids, inevitably something will happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say it's a strength, but that's something that I've learned through experience is not to say, oh, I can be finished with this project, you know, in in three days. Mm -hmm. Well, give yourself that extra time because if something does happen, then you're not disappointing the client. You're not putting that extra stress on yourself. You can still work at a good pace and get it done in time for the deadline. Do you find, Anne Michelle, in most of your commission projects, does the client pretty much dictate the time or do you find that that's a lot of flexibility in working with your client? Because if you're really effective at buffering time and making sure you have time allotments, does that coincide well with the client schedule that you've seen on commission pieces? Um, Well, usually when a client requests a quote right up front, I'll say this is the normal turnaround time, but can take up to. So Mm -hmm. like right from the beginning, I'm setting that precedent. So It could be ready, you know, it could take this many days. So that way the client doesn't get disappointed and they don't say, well, you know, I really need this in a week. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really not possible Um, because, Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're painting, as you know, from painting the potato bin, you have to (laughs) let it dry. Yeah, Uh you have to let the paint dry. You have to, you know, get your extra steps in case, you know, something needs Bondo. Mm -hmm. That takes time to dry. You can't mix oil oil and water-based. I mean, everything takes steps and time. So I think a lot of the time, if you set the expectation up front as it can take up to this amount of time, there will be really minimal um, disappointment for the client. And if it's if it comes down to the client saying, well, I really need it in this amount of time, I wouldn't be afraid to, um, you know, throw out a... Uh, a referral to someone you know in the community who does this as well and mm-hmm. you know uh-huh. give them a holler and say you know I have someone who's interested can you do this job you know I'd really appreciate it that way the client has someone they can go to you know and you've made a new uh, a new partnership there so well that that's really a good point as well because I was going to ask you if you get a situation like that like how firm when you establish these buffers you know do you pretty much stick to it so that if you do have a client that says, no, I got to have this in a week and you're like, there's no way, I mean, I could do it in a week, but it would completely 
uh, alter my schedule, require me to make sacrifices I'm not necessarily wanting to make, that you just refer them. I, I like that a lot because I think that is so important. Sometimes we establish a standard, but then we tend to compromise on it. And, and we have to know what standards we can't compromise on uh, and, and what are most important for you and your business. Laura, what, what do you believe are your strengths in the business? Well, kind of um, playing off what um, Anne Michelle said is um, I, and, and again, I don't know if this is a strength, but I just had to learn to do this over time is, is just the ability to tell people no. And for me, I don't do commissions anymore because I just found that I guess I don't do commissions for other people's furniture. I do, I do have unfinished inventory that I will customize, but I found mm-hmm. that it just was too stressful trying to do my own pieces and sell them and ship them and then also work on quotes and work on clients' furniture as well. And I just find, I don't know, I just found it more stressful. And I just, I think I just, it's just myself. I put too much stress on um, when I'm actually finishing a piece for someone else, you know, and I don't know, you know, maybe I just feel like sometimes I won't meet their expectations for that piece. But I just found that I have to just say no and, you know, refer to someone else in the community that I know does great work that will take um, clients pieces and, you know, do a great job. So I think that for me, that's mm-hmm. what I've had to, to learn to do over the years for my sanity and for my family sanity as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> if mom's not happy, nobody's happy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I think everybody would agree with that. Yes. <laughs> well, well, we've talked about your strengths, but I think it's effective as well to just highlight. Now, maybe others wouldn't identify them as your weakness, but what would you both say are your weaknesses in business? And it can be specific to refinishing, but in business itself. Um, well, I, I think I'm a people pleaser. Um, so there will be plenty of times where a customer will request something additional, mm-hmm. even though we've already worked on the piece, you know, and, oh, can I, can I change the hardware now? Or, you know, I don't want that two-haul hardware. I think I'd rather have knobs. So I know the, the best practice is probably going to say, I'm sorry, you know, the piece is done. But long-term, I want to make the client happy, so I make the change. And then I don't end yeah. up charging yes. for it. <laughs> so I think, I think, yeah, that, that's my definite weakness is I probably don't charge for little things that add up to big things in chunks of time because I just want to make them happy in the end and, you know, spread the name or come back for mm-hmm. another piece. Probably business-wise, I mean, I guess it's, I guess you can look at it either way. Do you charge, you know, for your extra time mm-hmm. that you spend or do you do it? just to make the client happy and, you know, consider it a part of the job. So that's probably my weakness. And I I agree. I I do the same thing. There's this, and it's funny, it's, there was a piece that I sold and she asked about um, if I could paint the, the outside, the inside and the bottoms of the drawers. And I said, yeah, that will be an extra charge. But to factor in all the time that I spent doing that, it was probably more time than I even did on the original piece. So you know, but I did, I didn't charge accordingly. And I, again, I just wanted to make the client happy and, you know, I had already had the sale and, um, and she was, she was thrilled with the piece, but you know, it took, you know, I think probably more than, than the original time that I had taken to, to do the actual piece. So, so yeah, Mm -hmm. factoring in and, and, 
and sometimes charging for things that you know you should charge for, but in the end you don't. Um, I feel like it, that can hurt you and take away from you know your family and time that you could be doing other things. Mm-hmm. Well, we're talking about you know time management, but that's kind of a broad topic as well. Uh, but I think oftentimes organization has a role uh, and is linked to time management. Do you do you guys see that as well? Do you see there's a big link between time management and organization? Oh, definitely. I feel you know as far as organization. Just having having things in order saves you time. So it's an area I struggle with too, especially you know my workshop, aka my garage. Um, you know I'll, I'll put things in a spot that I know I sh- they should go. And sometimes when I'm busy, I'll just be rushing around and I'll put paint cans here or there, and and then I'll go to look for them to use them again, and I can't find it. And you know, and sometimes it'll take me you know a half hour, an hour just to find where I put the one thing I was looking for, which you know I could have used that hour doing something else. So, um, yeah, organization is, um, is another area that I, I think I could, um, be a little bit better at this new year, but, but yeah, they are, de- I think they're definitely linked for sure. Do you guys build into your weekly schedule the time to get organized or does that just sort of unfold as you go throughout the, the week? For me, I need to, I don't build it into the week. Um, I do, um, I do in the morning, I'll get up early before the kids get up and I'll have my cup of coffee and I'll have my little notebook where I write, write my notes down and I'll do that organization. But as far as organizing my actual space, um, and my tools and my paints, I, I, I think I need to, you know, be better about adding that into the week. But I feel like that's kind Mm -hmm. of thrown to the side when I actually, need to work and get stuff done, um, as far as furniture, um, and other household chores. Um, so that's usually the last that led the last thing that, mm-hmm. you know, is on my list that usually doesn't yeah. get done. <laughs> <laughs> I, like you. I think we have built up a collection of four or five oh, tape yeah. measures now because yes. every time we need to find <laughs> you can't. I think it's I have like seven or eight, measures. honestly. <laughs> yeah, they disappear. <laughs> Right? I know. I mean, where do they yes. go? That and tack cloths. It's like, my God. So we're, I'm the same. I, I actually, I would say Friday, I would try and spend like maybe half an hour. Of course, it's very late at that point, probably 11 or midnight um, when everyone's sleeping. I just try and go down and get the garage at least sweeped or swept. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I try and get that area nice and clean um, because there's one thing that I really don't enjoy and that's coming in, whether it's on the weekend or Monday to just a messy area, because then you sort of, you don't really have that energy that you want to put into your work because now you're spending it on organizing. So I definitely need to get better at that as well. Um, I will say because like Laura, our space is the garage. I tend to bring things in from the garage um, and somehow they end up oh, in the yeah, kitchen. Totally. So there <laughs> Me are too. times where, yeah, I mean, what? Yeah. And why would I even put it in the kitchen? I don't know. But there are times where I tend to just, things make their way back um, throughout the week. So I guess that helps a little. But if they didn't end up in the kitchen, that would probably be a benefit right there. Yeah. It's organization, I think, is, you know, it's so crucial with any career, isn't it? And really even managing uh, your household. It's just when I found this true, uh, even with my own responsibilities, is that they just get so busy, your day gets filled so quickly. 
you may have intentions to stop and organize, but there's other things that happen. And, and it's not as though those other things can just be put on the back burner. A lot of times the things that have to be dealt with right there, you know, at that moment. And so organization just, just unfortunately gets back burnered. I think there's probably something to the idea of being a little more intentional. And I'm really speaking on my behalf. I don't know if this is true for you all, but being more intentional about being organized as you go throughout the day, like, you know, making sure you put something up when you take it away from the place that it's supposed to be. I know I do that. I'll take something and then I'll walk away with it. My mind's on something else. I sit it down and then everybody's helping me hunt for that one thing that, you know, that I sat down in this obscure place and I wasn't even thinking about it when I sat it down, which is why I can't find it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's like when keys end up in the freezer. Uh-huh. I mean, you, why yeah. would you put it there? I don't know. <laughs> or I'll take hardware yeah. off a piece and it it just happened. And usually I'll put it in a baggie and put it put it in a drawer um, out in the garage that I have, you know, the rest of them. But I just worked on a piece a couple weeks ago and I had all the pieces except for the one. And it was an antique. It was a really nice piece of hardware. And I... I I looked everywhere and I couldn't find it. So I did, you know, redrill new holes and put a, you know, new, new piece of hardware on it. And it was just so frustrating, but I should have just put it in the baggie mm. and put it away. <laughs> I did it. It does affect our time, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. When, when is the most productive time for, for you all? Do you find it, uh, and it, it could be a day of the week. Uh, it could be the time of day. What have you all found to be the most productive time? Um, I find myself definitely in the morning, the freshest and most productive. I'll get up and I try to get up early. Some days I can't because um, I'm staying up late the night before, but I find mm-hmm. myself the most productive, like right away in the morning, I'll have my coffee and get going. And usually that from like, you know, early morning, like five to noon, I feel the freshest, you know? Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of times I do have to stay up at night after the kids go to bed, um, to get stuff done. But I find my best time definitely is in the morning for sure. Now are you, you said five to noon, are you doing refinishing during that time or is it more of sort of planning and getting other things done maybe in the house? I'll be refinished like painting, like, um, since now it's cold out here. Um, we did just install a nice heater in the garage so I can work out there, but I will actually, pull pieces in like right from the garage into our kitchen and I can paint there or I can set up a space in the basement mm-hmm. and paint in the basement um, and, and just do it quietly. We do my hand painting because I don't do, I don't, you know, do any spraying because it's cold now. So I'll do all hand painting, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I'll do both. I'll do planning and I'll do um, business stuff, emails, you know, getting back to clients, that sort of thing. Basically whatever needs to get done that day is, best in the morning for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And we love it when we hear refinishers say they do hand painting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love, I love my zebra brushes. That's, that's for a sure. Big plus. <laughs> yeah, I do. And I love it. You know, I like spraying, but I like, I, there's nothing like getting, you know, getting uh, my hand, a brush in my hand and painting in the morning and having that quiet time and just focusing on, yeah. on painting and that piece of, you know, piece of furniture. And Michelle, when is your most productive times? Uh, I'm pretty much the same. Um, I tend to stay awake really late at night. And during that time, it's a lot of planning and preparation in my mind as far as what I need to do the mm-hmm. next day. But then when I actually get up in the morning, my husband, he actually turns on the heater in the garage. So by the time I get down at 7 o'clock with the kids for school, 
they're out the door. Everyone's gone in my house. Um, by eight o'clock, I can mm-hmm. start working. And with that extra time from when the heater's turned on to when I get in there, it's nice and toasty and I can get mm-hmm. right to work. But I know, and if I spend, you know, a consistent amount of hours, let's say from eight to 11, I probably could get an entire piece done if it's already been prepped. So once that energy, you know, yeah. is gone at 11 and 12, <laughs> I feel like I just ran a marathon. Yeah. I mean, I mean, because you're like in your mind, you've been working on that uh-huh. piece since the day before. So really, when you can actually get it done um, by noon, let's say, then you can sort of take your time and do the little things, you know, the hardware cleaning, mm-hmm. the touch-ups, um, all the other stuff. But I'm definitely the same in the morning. I feel like that's when I have the most amount of energy and the ideas are fresh from the night before where you're just really motivated to get everything you can done. I, I would say before the noon mm-hmm. mark is probably when I get the most mm. done. Yeah, definitely. If I were a listener and not a podcast host, I would be saying while I'm listening to this, how much sleep do you guys get every night? <laughs> <laughs> do you go to sleep? <laughs> what, what do you think? I'm just curious, yes. estimated. What do you think your average uh, number of hours mm. that you get? I think average probably five to six. I think normally mm. average, yeah. For me, maybe seven. Seven is nice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I said like maybe that. seven. <laughs> yeah. That's probably rare. I <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I would say probably for me, it's between four and five, um, you know, especially with kids and the season right now, everyone's sick. So, um, yeah, you get less than you'd like, but you know, your body adapts. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, you're right. You, mm-hmm. you get used to, yeah, that... you get used to that little amount of time. Well, do, do any of you, either of you have any boundaries in the business, um, things you will not do like for example, refusing to work beyond a certain hour. Now that's an example, and it sounds like you guys work late. But is there anything you've just you just <laughs> like, you know, I'm not going to to do this because it's important that I have this boundary. And that, it can even be for yourself as well, you know. Um, do, does that anything you want to share there? I do. I, I can't paint on site. Um, for me, it's just not feasible right now. Um, my husband works a pretty long distance away, like an hour and a mm-hmm. half. So, and I have, you know, kids in three different schools and at least once a week I get a call from a nurse at some school <laughs> saying something up your kids. So for me, I know that painting on site, it just can't happen right now um, with the way the family dynamics are, but it's not a never thing. And that would be a great um, time for me to refer them to someone mm-hmm. in the community who can. So for me, that's, that's my mm-hmm. no. No painting on site. Yeah, I'm just going to go back. Just what I talked about before is just not taking customers' pieces at this time. Just like I said, I like to work work on my own pieces and um and work and be in control that way for me. You know, like I said, I've I've done custom work before, and it just kind of stresses me out. And at this at this season in my life with super little kids and trying to work and do the family thing and you know ship furniture, I just kind of want to be able to control what I can control as far as furniture wise with mm-hmm. my own pieces. So yeah. it's so important to establish those boundaries in it. Yeah, some people want to push those too. Some people are, you know, pretty insistent and uh, yeah. it's just, it's hard sometimes, but it's also kind of liberating and refreshing just to be like, no, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't do that right now. 
say, I think in the beginning when you're first starting out, you're scared to say no. Mm-hmm. But the longer you do this, the yeah. more important your time and your comfort level, I think you learn to say no and accept the fact that you have to for your own sanity. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Well, I know there's uh, likely um, a number of listeners that maybe haven't been in the refinishing business um, very long. And I would imagine that oftentimes one of the things they potentially struggle with early on is time management. They're focused on building their business, but they may feel overwhelmed because there's so much to do, so little time to do it. Do either of you or both of you have um, advice on how to encourage them and some advice on how to be better managers of their time early on in the business? Sure. Well, um, I think a big part of furniture refinishing is the social media aspect of it and marketing your Mm -hmm. pieces. And that does take up a really big chunk of time. Um, And a lot of the time, people may not know, but there are definite ways to help minimize the time you spend on social media unintentionally because sometimes you're on it and then it's an hour later and you've lost that Mm -hmm. hour. So I think if you take advantage of some of the apps, such as if you have a Facebook business page, you can schedule your posts. um, So you don't have to stay up until eight o'clock. If you need to be doing furniture work, you can actually schedule your piece to post at that time. It will go live on your page and that's a great way to advertise. Um, also, there's an app called AppFee. It's an Instagram scheduler, and that's also a free uh, resource there. You can schedule your Instagram posts. So I think when you're first starting out and you need to juggle all these balls, taking advantage of the automation mm-hmm. that is available now really is beneficial. And um, also, a lot of things you can get delivered to your door these days. So you might not need to spend you know, two hours at the hardware store, for example. Um, Walmart sells um, tack cloths, they sell sanding blocks, they sell lots of tools that you can use and have delivered to your door. Mm -hmm. So I think if you can find a way to maximize the on furniture, on hand furniture, Mm -hmm. if that's the right term, (laughs) the, the amount, if you can maximize the time that you're spending with your hand to the piece, rather than doing all the other things Mm -hmm. that lead up to that, such as supply runs, um, you know, or, or the social media part, I think you'll really see yourself um, make the most of your time in that way. I think that's great advice. I didn't even know about that um, Instagram poster. So I'm going to look into that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's called AppFate awesome. and you can, you can schedule it. Um, and it's helped me because there are some times where like I'm in, involved in like a, a hashtag thing and they say, okay, we want you to post yes. at 9 p.m. Well, at 9 p.m., the kids are going to bed mm-hmm. and I can't, sit, yeah. you know, you can't sit there with your phone. So that has really been a lifesaver. Okay. Spell that app for us, Anne Michelle. What, what is the app? It's A-P-P-H-I. Okay, good. And it's, it's a free app. Very good. So I think for me, um, the best advice for someone starting out is don't overwhelm yourself with going out and buying too many pieces of furniture like I did. Mm. I feel like, you know, once you first start, you get this big excitement and yeah, I want to refinish. I want to refinish. And I want, you know, you see these pieces for sale and you go buy them and, and bring them home. And, and then, you know, a couple months later, your whole garage is filled and your basement's filled (laughs) and you're a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, I just think that 
for me, I found what works best when I'm, you know, when I'm purchasing and selling and it's not necessarily buying every little, you know, old table and old chair. It's focusing on pieces that are quality and that I know will, you know, stand that, you know, another 50 or 60 years and they might be a little bit more pricey, but, um, just taking the time to really buy quality furniture and not kind of bog myself down mm-hmm. with too many pieces and, you know, keep filling up my garage and in my basement. And, um, because it takes time to go and buy these pieces and it takes time, you know, you know, to bring them home and to find places mm-hmm. for them. So I think it's, you know, kind of see what works and what sells for you and kind of focus on those pieces versus, you know, buying every little piece of furniture that you can. So that's certainly a lesson. I, I like what you said because you highlighted the fact of trying to avoid being overwhelmed. And that's certainly good advice to um, to remember. Well, I want to give both of you the opportunity to share your contact information with our listeners. Uh, I'm sure they'll want to follow you if they're not already. And some of them may want to reach out to you with uh, a few more questions about um, about time management organization. Laura, what is your uh, contact information? Um, well, uh, you can find me on uh, in- Instagram at redhead underscore refinishings um, or also on Facebook at redhead refinishings on my business page. Very good. And you should be able to contact me through both of those um, DMs. Excellent. What about you, Ann Michelle? I am at Amini Design Ashburn, uh, also on Facebook and Instagram. Hi, this is Jeannie with Blush Vintage Design, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. I love using my Zebra brushes. They lay down a super smooth finish whether I'm using primer, paint, or a top coat. They hold their shape really well and consistently cut in a sharp line. A couple of my current favorites are the chiseled wedge and the square. Listening friends, an important announcement. The third annual International Zebra Golden Brush Awards is here today meaning you can begin entering your pieces. As a refresher, the awards are divided into 10 categories and you can enter one piece in each of the 10 categories as long as the pieces were finished from January 1st, 2021 through December 31st, 2021. Our categories are artistic close-up, clean and classic, dramatic makeover, farmhouse style, mid-century modern, multicolor piece, new artists of 2021, repurposed piece, restored wood, unpainted, and staging. Each entry will be reviewed by seven well-known and highly respected refinishers on our judging panel. They are Ashley Crew with Blue Red Interiors of Australia, Chloe Kimster with Macy's House of the UK, Jen Talley with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture of the US, Katie Cloud with Katie & Company of the US, Katie Scott with Salvage by K. Scott of Canada, Lauren Switchino with Portland Rose Studio of the U.S., and Sarah Bolton with Sitting Pretty Home Decor of the U.S. If you'd like to check out last year's winners and the categories, simply go to enjoyzebra.com, click on the blog in the upper right-hand corner, then go to Contest, and you'll see the 2020 Golden Brush Awards tab. If you're ready to begin entering your pieces, you should be able to find that tab on the front homepage of enjoyzebra.com up at the top. It'll say 2021 Golden Brush Awards. As we always say, you are the first judge as you have to go through all of your pieces determining which ones you will enter.
As we enter a new year, we want to express our gratitude to each of you. It has always been our goal here at Zebra to create platforms for all refinishers from the experience to the newbie where you can learn more about the business of refinishing and build camaraderie within the community. This podcast assists in those goals in dramatic fashion. It's really hard to believe that we are getting ready to enter season four. It's all because of you, our faithful listeners and guests. We are excited for the new season to continue with the podcast segments that have become so popular, all the while introducing new ones that we think you'll find interesting and insightful. Stay tuned in the coming weeks as we debut episode one of season four. Until next time, happy refinishing.